Hey, good Sunday afternoon, guys. Yeah, it is 4.40 in the afternoon. And this is, of course, a Sunday edition 8-23-2020 of topics on my mind. And we got a variety of topics uh, to get to uh, today. And I hope you're all doing good today. I mean, I know some of us that live here in California have been dealing with a lot of wildfires thanks to some dry lightning. Uh, but hopefully things will get better. They they did report, although things could change, they did report we're supposed to get more dry lightning uh, throughout the next few days, but um, I hardly doubt we may. If we do, it um, won't be, as I adjust the mic here for a little bit, it, it won't be as bad um, as they're alluding to, or some people may allude to, it may, may get. Um. But anyway, yeah, you know, we, we've been dealing with a lot of the um, smoke and stuff around here and the wildfires. And as a matter of fact, you're probably wondering why the lighting's not as bright as it should be on a Sunday afternoon. It's because when I'm looking outside the the window right now, it's still kind of yellowy. I mean, it's like it clears up, but then it gets all yellow. It's like, you know, it, it doesn't make sense. But, yeah, basically... As I turn on the mic, I turn on the TV here so I can test something out in a moment. But basically, it's the fact that, um, you know, we're still dealing with it. The wind, it's the wind that basically, it's a, it's uh, basically the wind, the wind basically kind of blows it a little bit. The breeze and wind that we may get kind of blows it in a direction to where it has to go past us. Like, like regular clouds do sometimes on a on a regular day, um, you know, with a strong wind. Basically, that's what's kind of going on here. It's basically just the slightest breeze or wind gust that we get or whatever uh, that goes by. Uh, basically, it's basically. Um, causing the uh, the wind well, it's causing the smoke to go past us so that's why it's a little yellow at times well it feels like it's a cloudy day but it's not um, it could be a cloudy day but it's just you know you know more uh, more compromised by the smoke um, if you will but Yeah, no, it's not. It is. It's, it's it basically, my friend. Basically, wild. It um, and hello, wild hops. I see in the live chat. Uh, basically, it's just kind of worrisome people because where it's located at close to me is Del Porto and Diablo Grande, Del, Del Porto Canyon, and Diablo Grande, which is on the outskirts and the upper hills of Patterson. So basically, it you know some people are worried of you know. The fact that if it's not under control, it could, you know, jump. But right now, it does seem like it's under control. What it is is mainly it's the firefighters, and thank you to them for doing what they're doing. It's uh, the firefighters keeping it contained as best they can to, um, you know, basically make sure that whatever, you know, remnants is blown down all way isn't as strong. I mean, yeah, it makes the sun look uh, red, yellow, orange, and everything. 
you know, it makes the it makes the uh, sun look very orange and everything. But you know, what are you going to do? But hopefully, before this week's out, this upcoming week, starting this week or yesterday, however you see it, um, hopefully it'll be cleared out by by then. And obviously, you guys can hear me, but that's why I like to test this a little bit. Yeah, so that's why I put on my <laughs> my camera, my uh, PS4 here. Uh, put on YouTube on my PS4 here to kind of make sure everything is working. But yeah, uh, yeah, that's mainly that's mainly the one thing we're dealing with right now is we're dealing with what could be the remnants of the smoke in our area from the fires in the, in the hills near our area, but we're also dealing with it mixing in with. You know, like I said, it's traveling. It's mixing in with other fires that are going, uh, mixing in with smoke from other fires around the vicinities and all that. So it's kind of, um, it's kind of being a bit of a Hendrix, uh, hindrance, if you will, hindrance. Easy for me to say, being a bit of a hindrance, if you will. And um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, so yeah, it's kind of making some people feel uncomfortable, but. Um, basically a lot of people that live in our vicinities are ensuring people don't worry. It may, the smoke might be bad, but guess what? It's not going to, uh, affect anything, uh, right now because of, you know, what's going on because of the fact that, you know, it's being contained as best they can contain it. And, you know, you know, we just gotta pray and hope it's cleared up before this week is before this week is out, and I think it will be. I really think it will be. Um, anyway, well, I already put that word in there. I'm just uh, tagging, just uh, uh, tagging this onto other places. Uh, but like I said, anyway, that that is basically. That is, you know, what I'm trying to say is uh, basically, I'm trying to check something here. But like I said, that, oh, what was I trying to say? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I totally lost my train of thought there. I just noticed on Twitter, sorry. Um, no, but what I was trying to, what I was trying to say is that's basically what's going on. You know, people are trying to ensure um, a lot of folks that, hey, the smoke isn't, a, you know, that the fires are not going to affect Patterson. They're not going to affect Crow's Landing. They're not going to affect Newman or Gustine or anything because we're not that close to the hills. You know, they're up there. And we've seen this kind of stuff before in the years, uh, in the, in the uh, prior years, in past years, where we've had like little fires in the hills, but they don't affect us. It's just basically, you know, all we get out of it is uh, the smoke. That's all we get out of it is the smoke. And um, that that's basically about it. Uh, but anyway, besides that, uh, the other thing that's going, but, you know, as Wild Hops uh, just mentioned to me, yes, this is a good time to have math probably more than anything, especially if you have to go out. It's not just the virus and, and stuff like that. It's also the fact that you want to, you don't want to breathe in the smoke. 
but anyway, you, like I said, you don't want to breathe in the smoke or anything. Uh, but what's interesting is I had uh, family mention recently. Uh, as, actually, yesterday we had family was talking about this a little bit. And uh, one member of our family or two members of our family brought up the fact that word is getting out. Now, I don't know if the reports on the news or media, whoever you want to believe, because it's hard to believe anything they say nowadays. Uh, but from what they're saying, they have heard that the smoke could be the key to, you know, downgrading the, the cases we get here in California when it comes to the virus, because nobody's going to want to go out. Nobody's going to want to, um, you know, risk breathing in the smoke or anything. So basically staying at home, staying inside and only going out if you need to is kind of, you know, probably helping out. Because there haven't been any reported cases, there haven't been any reported deaths, and lately a lot of counties, well, a few counties, have been coming off the watch list. And who's to say Stanislaus County and San Joaquin County won't be next to come off the watch list because nobody wants to go out? Um, Alameda County may go back on there because of Hayward, and the fact that a lot of people attended a grand opening of a, what was it, an ice cream cookie shop or something like that in downtown Hayward. You know, they may end up going back on the list because of that, but we don't know. Uh, but a lot of people feel that everything, the virus and everything, it's, it's really just going to come to to an end real soon because of what's, you know, what this year is and what this year is about uh, politically. And I'll get into that later on. Um, also, before I get into the topics, I do want to let you know that starting tomorrow, starting tomorrow, uh, things will sort of get back to a semi-normal basis. And what I mean by that, um, in case a lot of you guys have been following my channel uh, for the past several years, uh, basically uh, basically every time at this, well, every, what I'm trying to get at is that every junction, He's drinking some coffee there out of a big old cup. Uh, but what I'm saying is that with every at, at every time at um, at every moment, what I'm trying to get, what's the one I'm trying to look for? Uh, at every junction of the at every junction point of this year, I basically okay. How do I put this? In the beginning of June, at the early part of June, basically the first first full week or second week of June, uh, around that time, I have to come on here and kind of say that things are going to change up because of scheduling, because it's summer vacation, and you know there are and you know because of summer vacation, you know family getting together and stuff, we have to change things up. Things have to be changed up to where if I'm if I can't get enough content out there, that's great. I'm lucky enough to do it. If not, then I have to wait till certain times. And hello, Joyce. Nice to see you in the live chat as well. But like I said, then I have to wait. Uh, enough, then I have to wait till like later times or earlier times to do a lot of this stuff. Um, a, a good prime ex prime example a lot of you may know about is when I would do live streams early in the morning. And hello, Z Tales. Nice to see you there in the live chat. But like I said, when I would have to do um, 
when I have to do uh, basically uh, live, like topics on my mind uh, early in the morning, or I have to do them, or I have to do a live stream really late at night, or or as Wild Hops might know uh, by experience, I have to do a live stream of my CAW Creator Wrestling League late at night as well. Well, if I do a live stream on it and not a uh, video capture recording, because of the fact that you know circumstances are beyond my control. Now, like I said, things are getting back to a hopefully we'll be getting back to a semi-normal basis because it's around this time of year. That's what I was trying to get at. It's around this time of year where things start to go that trend. School, the primary thing about about the back to semi-normal basis is school is getting back into session. So with school going back into session, that basically means there's less of a chance of any interruptions and basically there's more opportunities to be given. Now, for me, for me, honestly, now, for me, um, honestly, guys, uh, what I'm trying to get at is, for me, honestly, this um, this upcoming week is going to be really interesting. Not only does this week uh, begin, you know, begin basically the uh, the start of getting back to semi-normalness, if you will, semi-normalness, not saying it can be completely normal, but my schedule kind of works in my favor. What I mean by this is uh, tomorrow morning, I will hopefully, unless things change, hopefully have the house to myself to it for about, let's see, So about almost two and a half hours. Now, I don't know if I'll be able to do a live stream in between then. I do know that I can do a live, I can do a regular video that I can upload later when I get home, which would make you know no sense. Uh, but I could also do a video maybe that day and then try to upload it just to, to shorten it to maybe eight minutes or less than eight minutes on my GoPro camera. But anyway, uh, um, I can probably get out some kind of content there, maybe even do a little bit of a live stream of a game. Not saying it would be a wrestling one, but it could be anything. Like like yesterday, I was playing Street Fighter V uh, because they made the announcement that they got a lot more new characters and stuff coming out. It'll be the final DLC installments and all that for these characters or for the game. And it's been redubbed Champion Edition. So I was playing that. So I might play something like that just to kill time before I have to get myself ready. And then then Tuesday, I really will have enough time, hopefully. And that might be the only time I go into work late because if I take an 11 o'clock bus, you know, you can't, you can't hurry the bus, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I should be able to um, to do that. If not you know, still have a two-hour window. Uh, Wednesday will be interesting because I won't have a two-hour window. Wednesday will be just like it's been in the past where I have to get up early, 
get myself ready and be out the door at an early time to catch an early bus. But what's interesting about that is depending on what happens, again, this is this is where basically the semi-normalness in quotation, if you will, comes into play. Hopefully by the time I, I get off work, I'll be home and I'll have a little bit of time to do things on my own. Maybe, maybe. Uh, Thursday will be an interesting one because I'll have the house I have the place to myself for about 30, so about I would say almost four hours at least almost four hours so I'd have the place to myself for that long and then Friday is kind of going to be like it's like it's basically Friday's identical to Tuesday to where I could have the house for that long, just like I will on Thursday before I go to work. Or what's going to happen is I'm basically going to um, have to take the 9.15 on both days and then have an hour and a half or something to do whatever I was going to do. So So, yeah, basically... Basically, that's the schedule for for right now, um, if you will. That that's basically the the schedule. That's basically what's going on for right now for this upcoming week. Now, like I said, that's all in quotations, and it's all. And again, it goes by. And again, I'm going by the semi-normal um, um, outlook right now because, like I said, things could change. Uh, things could change in a big, big way. So anyway, uh, with that said, let's get on to the topics. I know I've been going on from almost for about, what is it? Uh, yeah, a little over 18 minutes. So let's get into what we're going to talk about today. So I do apologize about that. Kind of give you a little bit of an update there and let you know what's going on um, at the same, you know, before we get into this. So anyway, the topics we're going to talk about today, we have six topics we're going to talk about the first top the first topic excuse me for a second just checking my dog she just woke up (laughs) sorry about that i guess when i clapped my hands it woke up or something but anyway anyway the first topic we're going to talk about is something that I've watched on occasions and I found interesting, but I've also found very questionable as well. And that is YouTubers exploring abandoned homes, business buildings, schools, malls, and even amusement parks. That's right. YouTubers exploring abandoned homes, business buildings, schools, malls, and even amusement parks. I'm going to talk about that because I... I have, I've been wanting to know, I've been having a bit of a question about, you know, how that's possible. So we'll talk about that. Number two, it's a little political. I know I know people don't like hearing about politicalness, but, you know, once in a while I have to talk about it. I've been doing that a lot here in my topics on my mind. But the second topic is, if Nancy Pelosi has problems or has has a problem, Hold on for a second, guys. 
Just checking again. She's waking up. She got allergies. So, um, anyway, like I said, number two, if Nancy Pelosi has a problem with Donald Trump as president, then why didn't she run for the Democratic nomination? Going to talk about that. Number three, we will talk about whether or not the NFL will allow fans in for games or go virtual like the NBA, WWE, and others have. The fourth topic we'll talk about is how long will the distant learning for kids, teens, and college students last? Number five, we're going to talk about, and I found this out by watching a couple of YouTubers. Um, If I can find them, I'll provide the link down below to the channels. Uh, But the classic... But number five, the classic 80s cartoon, The Raccoons, getting a reboot. Talk about that. And then number six, video sites going overboard with ads doing videos. And I'm sure I'm not the only one that has noticed this. So, yeah, we're going to talk about that and a lot more. Um. As we go on here. So anyway, as I put some tags into the tag box here. So anyway. Doing too fast. Oh, come on. I just want to make sure I get uh, a lot of stuff uh, tagged here. Anyway, with that said, as I check one more thing. Just checking something. 
Anyway, let's get into our first topic, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry for that, but let's get into our first topic here as I just a blanket a little bit of the cover in a little bit. Let's get on to our first topic. And our first topic is YouTubers exploring abandoned homes, businesses, buildings, schools, malls, and even amusement parks. Now, in case you don't know, and if you are a fan or you're uh, someone that's interested in the unknown or the mysterious, or you just like videos about exploration, you know, exploring stuff, then there's a lot of channels here on YouTube that fit your fancy, basically suit your fancy, if you will. That's the one I'm looking for. They suit your fancy. They, you know, they thirst or they, um, they, uh, they replenish your thirst for exploitation, exploitation, if you will, into the unknown, into the mysterious. And there are many that do this. There is dark exploitation, exploitation films. There's bright sun films uh, and a few others. I can't think of the names right now. Where the main focus of their channels is they go and they explore these abandoned homes, schools, uh, business buildings, malls, and even, uh, even amusement parks. And even though it's all intriguing, and I'm not going to lie, it's fascinating to, and I'm sure you guys would agree, it's fascinating to, you know, see what these people uncover, like, whoa, you know, where, you know, you know, it's like when you see them going into some of these homes or places and they discover some of the things there, it's like, man, you know, what the heck, you know, why didn't, it, basically it's a question of, why didn't they take care of this? Or why didn't they take this with them? Stuff like that. But the question I have, but the question I have for this is, um, okay, and thank you for letting me know about that, Wild Hops. Uh, but the question I have for you guys and for anybody watching now or later on is, do these people have permission to go into these buildings? into these environments in film? Do they have permission to do it? I mean, heck, I forgot to add it in there. Maybe I should add it in there right now. Because I was surprised they even... even were able to... Uh, find uh, places like this as well. Excuse me for a second, guy. Anyway, like I was saying, I was kind of surprised they found places like this as well. And like I said, you know, the question I have is, do they have permission to explore these areas? Do they have permission to go in to these abandoned homes or mansions, or do they have permission to go into these abandoned business buildings or schools or malls or amusement parks or even movie theaters? That's right. One of the channels that I've uh, watched recently, which is, like I said, DEF or Dex Dark Exploration Films, I believe. I think that's what they're called. Let me, let me double check. 
Let me uh, double check here for a second on my PS4. Yeah, dark exploration films. And I think there's others um, as well. Yeah, retail anthology. Well, not an anthology, but retail archaeology. What else do you have here? Um, trying to see. Excuse me there. Just uh, trying to see something here. Okay, the Bearded Explorer is one. Bearded Explorer is another. So there is uh, many people, like I said, besides the ones that I just mentioned, there are many people that do this for a living, I guess. They make money off it. They montage the channels you know, because of it. But there's a lot of people that do this. And again, the question is, do they have consent? Do they have permission? Do they go to uh, the public, to, to City Hall and say, hey, can we get a permit to explore this area? And maybe, maybe that, and do they let the people at City Hall or whoever's in charge of the records know, hey, you know, we just want to explore this area because we have a YouTube series we make money off of. And if you let us do it, we can probably give you a part of the profits or whatever, or we can bring more attention to this environment and the fact that it needs to be taken care of or somebody needs to look into it to take care of it or tear it down, you know, you know, do they do all that? Do they go to the proper, do, do they go through the proper channels to, um, to, uh, uh, basically look into these abandoned areas because, you know, you would have to think they need to have some kind of permission. I mean, I understand I mean, I understand that if they go into uh, an abandoned mansion or a home that's out in the woods and all that, and there's still stuff in there, I can understand that perhaps that's in the middle of nowhere and no one's going to really say anything because, hey, no one's around to say anything. But we don't know. We we don't we don't know. Um but yeah, it's it, it it's kind of but yeah, it's kind of weird that these people have that kind of permission to do it. Now, I'm not saying that I've never seen anything like this. I'm not. Uh, when I used to live in Oskaloosa, Kansas, me and my father we lived in this big two-story house. Originally, my family was going to live in there, but because it wasn't suited, uh, it wasn't basically suited to our taste or anything like that, and. And basically because of the fact that, you know, it was over 100 years old and needed a lot of work. Uh, and financially, we couldn't do that. Long story short, or me and my dad used to live at this two-story house that was on my grandma's property. She would, my late grandma, uh, my late grandma Lois's property, my dad's mom. And she lived in this little greenhouse right next to it in conjunction with it. So anyway, long story short, long story short, 
we used to live uh, in that house. And then right on the side, right on the right side of my grandma's uh, house was this big old orchard. And right down the orchard in the far left-hand corner of the orchard, just a little off, I guess, what would be considered her property or her part of it, was a pink house or cabin or shack or something. It was small. I don't know if it was built originally as a clubhouse or what it was, but it was small. And I remember going into that shack a few times just to see what it was or what was in there. And I didn't go in much of it because, you know, there could have been rats, feces or feces or whatever we want to call it in there. But I know that the cats, my grandma's cats would go in there sometimes maybe just to get to get at the mice and the rats or whatever. So, and I would find some of them in there just laying there comfortably like, ah, I'm relaxing. Oh, it's you. <laughs> they would see me like, oh, it's you. Um, anyway, um, I went in there a few times and I do recall, do recall looking in there and seeing a lot, no, not a lot of stuff, but seeing some stuff in there. I'm thinking, why would they leave this stuff in here? Like, I think I've seen some toys in there that were broken down, if not intact. I've, I've seen, I think somebody left a radio one time, just a few little items here and there. Not like what these guys find on their, uh, doing their journeys at these abandoned sites. But basically, um, I saw, I kind of saw my share, if you will, just a little bit of, you know, what an abandoned place looks like, even if it's a, even if it's a small shack. Um, I can tell you honestly, though, if Dark Exploration Films wanted to, or the Bearded Explorer wanted to, or whoever, they could honestly, even though it's boarded up right now, they can honestly go to the house where I used to live in, in Oskaloosa. And they, if they could go into that and explore that, they would see a lot of stuff left behind. They would see a piano. They would see tables. Heck, they go up to the upstairs. They would see, unless those are pretty much gone by now, decapitated decrepited, you know, kind of rotted away or whatever. But if they went upstairs, they would see VHS, a box of VHS tapes and two rooms. You know, they'd see a bunch of stuff. They would see a bunch of stuff. And it's... And honestly, it, it would be amazing. Amazing to see something like that get explored. Now, again, though, now again, though, they would have to get permission from whoever owns the property now, because whoever owns the property either has kept it boarded up or they've torn it down. It's pretty much history now. We don't know. Um, but anyway, I mean, honest, and I'll be honest, if I if I had the money, I would like to go back to that house. Uh, well, if I had the money, I would like to go back there into that house or at least get permission to go in there and recover the stuff that is mine. If it's still in any good condition. But like I said, if they were to go in a place like that, they would see exactly what I'm talking about. They would see exactly what I'm talking about. I mean, it's just kind of one of those... It, it would definitely be, if the stairs, like I say, are still in good condition, they walk up, but it would definitely be a um, a good episode for a ba- for one of their abandoned shows. 
But still, it's like, but still, it kind of gets me. It, it makes me wonder how do they get permission to to go into these sites? You know, if they get permission at all, or do they wait till the coast is clear to go in to a site and explore it? Do, do they get that permission? I know that when Blockbuster closed up in Patterson, that I did I did a video and Bright Sun Films, I think that's who it was, Bright Sun Films, uh, during the abandoned series, actually used footage and gave me credit, but they actually used footage of the Blockbuster in Patterson after it was closed down. And it still had the store closing sign on the right-hand side of the building. Even though you look inside the building, it's completely empty. Now it's now in its place is a T-Mobile and a Domino's Pizza and an eyeshadow place, I think. Yeah, an eyeshadow place, uh, Domino's Pizza, and uh, T-Mobile service. It's in its place. What used to be Blockbuster is now T-Mobile and Domino's Pizza. Go figure. Uh, but anyway, yeah, you know, I looked I looked in there. I filmed it. I didn't go inside, even though maybe maybe if nobody was looking and somebody left the door open, yeah, I'd go inside and explore, saying, this is what you just wish about, da, 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 da. You know, I did my best from, like, the window perspective, saying this is what that was and stuff, but that was it. That was completely it. But, But again, still, it makes you wonder... How do these guys get permission? I mean, what surprised me on more than one occasion, like I said, by, by watching these videos, when I go back to them, what, what surprised me on um, several occasions is the fact that they're able to find these abandoned um movie theaters, and I think it was, let me see who it was. See who it was. And if you're listening to this, to the uh, podcast, the audio podcast, I'm trying to find where I left off here. Yeah, the Bearded Explorer found one. They found an abandoned ABC cinema and find loads or whatever they find. Basically, they found stuff in there. And then, let's see, like I said, uh, Dark Exploration Films. Um, we'll go into a beach mansion. Um, they've gone into a, a movie theater from the 1990s, early 2000s. Um They've been into a 1970s mountainside hotel stuck in the past. I have to watch that more often. Uh, they've been in a computer factory. Haven't watched all of that. A family home stuck in the seven, stuck in time. Family home stuck in time. According to this thing, 1974. Um, you know, just a bunch of stuff. Uh, and again, you know, it, it makes you wonder. Like I said, it makes you it makes you wonder how they get 
permission to go into these things if they get permission at all. I mean, I'm sure they have to go through some right channels. If not, then then how are they getting into these places without somebody noticing them, thinking, you know, because, come on, you can't be somebody driving by, whether you're a police officer or whoever, just walking by or driving by, and you've seen these guys, these guys and girls walking up to this building with cameras and all that, walking right in and saying, oh, this is this, this is this, this is this. You can't tell me that they are doing that without getting permission. They have to get permission. They have to. I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense to do something like this if you don't get permission. But, you know, but again, beside, but if you look past that, I will admit, but what I'm trying to say is if you look past that, though, I will admit it is fascinating to see this because, you know, when you see abandoned school buildings, you see abandoned uh when you see abandoned elementary schools, abandoned high schools, you know, you say to yourself, why aren't these people taking care of this? Why don't they come back to this? And there are some legitimate reasons. I mean, they do give some legitimate reasons. Some people, even in the comment section, that probably know about it more so than those doing the video, um, give a better explanation as to why the school is like that. In fact, one person commented, uh, one, one viewer in the comment section talked about the elementary school that they, that dark exploitation films, uh, uh, dark exploitation films, uh, recent was, uh, was at like several months ago. And they said that it, that school was shut down because of a scam, because basically they were involved in a major scam that caused them to shut down. Now, Here's what now. Now that could be a legitimate reason. Uh, another school that I think was explored was because it was on a. It was some kind of chemical reason or something. I don't really know. Um, but those are just a lot of different reasons people would give in the comment section, if not explained in the video, as to why these places were abandoned and have not been touched, if at if at all. Um, which is really interesting. Now, like I said, when they look into, uh, like when dark exploitation films looks into uh, abandoned homes, like one of them, like I said, is titled Stuck in Time, 1974. It's like, how can that place still be stuck in time? How has that place not been looked into? How has that place not been uh, fixed or not been claimed by the family that, that owns it, or at least ancestors or relatives of the family that owned it. Why has anybody touched it? It makes you wonder. Now, here's what's in, now here's what's intriguing. From what I can see, maybe it's just my opinion, but from what I could see, a lot of these dark exploitation films, these abandoned, uh, a lot of these bearded explorer films, a lot of these abandoned films, a lot of these, well, not films, but videos. A lot of these YouTube videos on all these abandoned sites, I seem to notice they take place in the northern part, like DEF in Brightson Films. Brightson Films, uh, I will say this, they at least look at all options. They go by like what they can hear about. They gather like information, video files, give credit to those that have the video that they got the video files from, stuff like that, or footage from. And at least they look at all the different options. 
Now, what's interesting is they also go on location to to those areas as well to film to get more filming to film to get more information stuff like that. But what I seem to notice a lot with a lot with some of these channels that main focus is the abandoned sites is it's mostly like here in the U.S. It's mostly like on the East Coast. It's like on the East. It's like on the North, the Southeast Coast, if not the Eastern Midwest, the East, the Mid Eastern region, like the Mid, like the, like basically the, basically the East, the Mid Eastern region of the United States, like going from the Midwest to the Mid East. So it's around from the Mid East to the Northeast and Southeast is why I noticed a lot of these filmings take place. I'm not saying they don't travel outside of that and explore if something catches their fancy, but still it's like, it seems to explore mostly in that region. And perhaps there's a reason for that because if you're exploring from the Mid-Eastern to the Northeast, from the Mid-East to the Northeast and Southeast of the United States, you know, you're going to find more abandoned sites and more abandoned homes that because of the populace being so big and so massive that nobody, not even the city, has had a chance, if not in years, to probably touch upon that site and say, okay, we need to board this up and everything. So, so yeah, you know, that... That's the one thing I have noticed is most of these do take place. Some of them, majority of them take place on the uh, northeast of the north, southeast and mid-east of the United States. And probably the same for like the UK and Scotland and all them um, outside of the United States. However, the one thing I didn't mention here, and I'm not going to add it, but the one thing I did mention here. And, you know, I mentioned amusement parks, and there have been plenty that they have explored. Heck, somebody actually explored an abandoned sea world in Ohio. I'm not joking. Someone abandoned, someone checked out an abandoned sea world in Ohio. Another video that I remember watching here on YouTube not that long ago, somebody actually, I don't know if it was Bright Sun Films, I don't know, I think it may have been Bright Sun, I gotta look in. But they actually explored an abandoned beach resort, one of the most well-renowned uh, beach resorts that got abandoned. And as of the filming when they did it, was in the process of being torn down. Uh, I guess they were able to get in there on a day where they were off, whether it was a Sunday or whatever, and explore what was left. But again, getting back to uh, to the to my point here is it, it just it just boggles my mind of how they're able to do this. I mean, I remember filming, like I said, I, I filmed on the outside of Blockbuster after it closed and everything was taken out. And the only things remaining were the low, was a sign and the store closing sign. But I also remember, I don't know if I filmed this for my, for my original BF Walmer YouTube channel, but... I remember uh, looking at my old job in Lawrence, Kansas, Fufiless, and even before I left, I remember looking into it, and I think I may have filmed that too at one point. 
and it was completely empty. It was like it was like a completely different environment, different store. Um, but yeah, they they've explored everything. They've explored an abandoned. I think it was an abandoned Walmart at one point. I don't know. If that was Doc Exploitation Films or Bearded Explorer. Let me let me check. But yeah, basically, they even these people. But these uh, explorers, if you will, even checked out an abandoned Walmart that was in conjunction with a mall, a mall that's still operational due to the fact that the only thing keeping it in business, according to what they said, um, is a Bass and Pro is a Bass Pro Shop. That's the only thing I think keeping it um, in business from what they from what they've said. I'm trying to see if it's in here somewhere. Hold on for a sec. Like I said, I'm trying to see if it's in here. Let me see. Oh, I know what to do. But anyway, it, it really surprises me that, you know, they're able to, to do all these uh, things. Like abandoned beach resort. Let's see. Yeah, that was Florida's unbelievable ba- abandoned beach resort two years ago. Brightson Films, famous untouched abandoned beach resort by RNK All Day. And that was filmed in 4K. In last days of the abandoned beach resort, also by Brightson Films. Uh, the Colony Beach and Tennis Resort. In exploring an abandoned beach resort, that Florida one, before it, I guess it finally got taken care of, torn down, um, was one of the more explored uh, places. And let's see, you also have all alone in an abandoned five-star resort in the Mahaz. That's weird. Let me try some. So, yeah, there's a lot of videos. You got abandoned water park, abandoned Walmart. Yeah, the abandoned toxic mall. Oh, that was by Bright Sun Films. Okay, that was Bright Sun Films called Trash to Treasure. And then other people like Sam and Kobe explored an abandoned Walmart. I don't know what that one is. We're like three and a half hours from Albuquerque, which is like the main city here in New Mexico. Okay. It's abandoned enough for their business. That's so Okay, so there was obviously an abandoned Walmart in the New Mexico region near Albuquerque. And then, like I said, you got the Garfield Heights, Ohio one. You got people with, you got Explore with Ray, Nick O, Mac, 
and Steph or Stefan. So, so yeah, a lot. There are a lot of abandoned places. Like heck, even people are looking at abandoned. Uh, uh, Kyle McGrain is looking at an abandoned Toys R Us with toys left behind. I'll look into that. But again, it makes you wonder. Like Sam and Kobe, th- the video was two years ago, two or three years ago. And they're an example of, hey, it's great you want to put this on your channel. It's great you want to explore this and show people what's left in there, if there's anything, or what a difference, you know, the store, what a difference a full store is to an abandoned store is, or houses, stuff like that. But Sam and Kobe and others that I've seen on here are taking a lot of chances because these are obviously people that are not getting like the permission to go in there. Now, now you might say, well, it's probably not their fault. It's the fault of the people that didn't shut everything up, right? Yeah, that's true. I'm not going dis- to I'm not going to disclaim that. I'm not going to say that people are. I'm not going to say that the people that go exploring, like Dark Exploration Films, like Bright Sun Films, like The Bearded Explorer, like Sam and Kobe, like um, Kyle and you know John and CJ and all the people I see on here, you know, um, Ray, Nick, Mac, and Steph, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying, okay, I'm not saying they're at fault either, you know, because I don't blame them. I don't blame them if they go into there because, You know, if the place is left open in any capacity or there's any kind of entrance left open for them to go in, then it's not their fault if curiosity gets the best of them. It's the fault of the people that didn't basically, you know, shut things up. I mean, if you don't want somebody to go into a house because you feel it's too dangerous, it's intoxicated, or, you know, they're going to try to, you know, strip it clean to sell it to another retailer, refurbish it, whatever... You know, if they don't do that, then you can't you can't blame somebody for wanting to explore to see if maybe something got left behind, if anything. But still, it it boggles my mind that there are those that are willing to take a risk at doing this, and there are possibly those that will go through the right channels. But do they go to the that go through the right channel? What I'm trying to say is, let me get some more coffee here. That's better. Uh, but like I said, it, it really boggles my mind, mind it, of a difference of the people that take a chance at this without getting consent, and there are the and the difference of those that probably do get consent. But it kind of borderlines because sometimes when I see what DE Films DEF does, or Bright Sun, well, Bright Sun I think does get consent. I'm not saying they don't, but and I'm sure DEF and Bearded Explorer they get consent. But there are times when you look at some of the abandoned videos where they explore places, it makes you wonder, did they get consent? Or did they just go there because someone said, hey, you should check this out. And like I said, it seems that the places a lot of people explore is like on the outskirts of town. So it's, it's again, it's still very curious. It still really boggles my mind that they're allowed to do this. Uh, again, nothing against those people that want to do this, nothing against them. You know, if the, 
if the basically if the retailer well not retailer um yeah <laughs> that's what it is retailer Yeah. Yeah, retailer. If the retailer or the property management that gets ownership or gets control of that property, if they don't want to, how do I say, if they don't want to basically, um, what am I looking at? Uh, if they don't basically want to, you know, order the place, the house, the man- the home, the mansion, the building, whatever, to be sealed up or blocked off, then that's on them. That's on them. There's, I I don't fault the people that want to let their curiosity get the best of them, you know, to go and explore this and maybe use it to provide content for their channel to let other people see that, yeah, Believe it or not, there are people, there are places like this. I don't blame them, but I worry about whether or not uh, they're taking a chance. Because if they're taking a chance without getting consent, the next thing you know, they could end up behind bars. I, I'm not lying about that. That that is a fact out truth. You, I mean, I'll give you an example. When DE Films looked into an abandoned mall, a semi-abandoned mall, where, like I said, the only place open right now to keep it. A, alive is Bass Pro Shops. When they went in there, they went down to the food court. There was a person there that said, hey, man, can you not film? That's what they have to worry about. That's what these people worry about or should be worrying about is even if the place looks like it's completely abandoned, doesn't mean you're not taking a chance of going in there and possibly as you get as you come out thinking, we explored it, we got content, also, when you walk out the door where you came, or you you walk out the entrance you came in in at, you're thinking you're all cool and everything. Next thing you know, there's a freaking police officer getting ready to handcuff you and say you're going off to jail. Or police officer or whoever, or maybe the people that own the properties with security saying, uh, what were you doing in there? May we ask? And do you think they want to go through with that? No. Do you think... Honestly, DEF, Dog Exploration Films, and Bright Sin Films, Bearded Explorer, and anybody else that does this, do you think they want a chance having to spend 24 hours, 48 hours, if not the weekend, in jail because they decided, hey, I'm going to go explore this place. Nobody's going to tell me anything. Do, 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 do. Do you think they want a chance then? No. Which is why I hope and pray they do get consent. And they say, look, you know, we're just going to do this. We'll only, we only need this long to be in there and we'll be fine. Hopefully they get the consent to do that, to get the permission to do that. Because if not, then they're either risking themselves getting in trouble and spending a day or a weekend behind bars or two, or two, you know, there is no blame to give them because the only blame that should be brought upon anybody is those that didn't take responsibility to seal the place up. You know, it, it it's uh, it would be on those people, it would be on the people that own that property to not have sealed it up. I mean, here's the thing. 
Think about it this way. Think about it this way. You're going over there. Oh, my foot, foot hit the door, right? My foot hit the door. Sorry about that. But let's say you're going over there thinking, okay, guys, got all equipment ready. Let's go explore this place. You're thinking everything's cool because the last time you were there or you sent somebody there, it looked like you'd go in easy, pre easy peasy, right? Next thing you know, you go over there and all of a sudden, hey, you know, the person you sent over there to explore to make sure everything was cool, you go over there and then that person's like, uh, hey, wait a minute. These boards weren't on these, uh, what, these boards weren't on these uh, windows or these doors. Or so, hey, this chain wasn't here. What's going on? And then next thing you know, you see a security guy walk up going like, uh, yeah, uh, what, somebody spotted one of you going up here exploring inside. Uh, you're not allowed here. This place is off limits. Can you go away or else we're going to have you arrested? Do you think you know, that, that, that there is, well, one, that's just an example of one. You know, them thinking everything's cool, but then taking a chance thinking, okay, everything's cool. We're going to explore. And then seeing either, you know, the place, you know, is untouched and they could still go in or suddenly it's been boarded up. And here comes somebody saying, yeah, you know, somebody spotted this guy. Look, checking it out. So we boarded it up. You see, they're taking a chance. They're taking a chance and it's a responsibility. And at the same time. Not only are the people that want to abandon or oh, check out the abandoned place taking a chance and trying to explore it, but those in charge are taking a chance by having to get vandalized or even being explored. So, so I know that didn't make sense there, but again, it's but again, you can't blame the people that want to explore it if the people that own it, the property. Don't do something to kind of keep it sealed up, keep people away from it. I mean, again, it was, it's going to take something like somebody going over there thinking the coast is clear. Okay, I'm going to go inform my friends so that in a couple of days we can come back here and film it and everything. It only takes somebody being spotted going over in there for the property owners to be contacted and the property owners to be like, okay, seal it up. It only takes basically something like that to happen so the chance is being taken either way you look at it it's a big chance being taken i mean for those that do this for their youtube content you know they're taking a big chance because of the fact that you know they're thinking they can come out and do an update and say yeah folks we're planning to go to this place because my my friend so-and-so said it's cool everything there's a lot of interesting stuff in there, so we're going to explore it and bring that to you here on the channel. And then the next thing you know, you go over there and you can't get in because it's been sealed up. And then you find, and then maybe the, then either you, like I said, you have somebody showing up, approaching you saying, hey, yeah, this got sealed up because they spotted you. Or you see it sealed up and then it dawns on you that someone might have spotted your friend and realized, oh, the, someone wants to explore this, so let's seal it up. So, yeah, they're taking a chance either way. They're taking a chance either, you know, failing to deliver on the content for their channel. They're taking a chance at exploring this place and probably ending up in jail for the weekend. And they're taking a chance with their own safety. So unless they do get consent, which I hope they do, they're taking a major risk. But again, like I said, I know I'm repeating myself here. 
the thing is, you can't blame them if they take that chance because if nobody that owns that property is paying attention to it or taking care of it, you can't blame those for going in there and exploring. You can't blame them. You can't blame them whatsoever. So, yeah, I know I've been going on for about this well over 40 minutes, I think, so I do apologize. But it, it's just, it just boggles my mind how people are able to do this. It really boggles my mind. I mean, doesn't it, I mean, doesn't it kind of boggle yours a little bit? It really does. It really boggles my mind. Now, I can understand maybe one of the reasons they're doing this is to bring attention to these places so that they do get fixed, they do get touched upon, they do get looked at and maybe restored and refurbished for future living or future use. I can understand that. But, again, you're still taking, again, whether you get consent or you don't get consent, you know, you're taking a risk. And when you get consent, that's fine. That's cool. At least you have a reason. At least you're giving a reason as to why you're doing it. Maybe you're saying, hey, we want to bring attention to this place so, you know, it can get taken care of. Somebody can fix it or whatever. Or if you don't get consent, you're taking a chance and said getting yourself in trouble. But maybe your alibi is, hey, we just wanted to bring attention to the place. I don't know. So, again, it's just really... It's really uh, an interesting uh, scenario when you look at it. I mean, yes, it's fascinating. It's fascinating to see these places. You know, it's it's kind of like when, well, as crazy as it sounds, it's kind of like when people, even though they might get, cons- even though they would get consent or something like that, to go and explore the Titanic. You know, still people would be, you know, iffy about it because you're basically exploring a wreckage that, Pretty much is now history, if you will, or what's left of it. And sometimes, you know, you say you want to give bring attention to it, but what you also want to try to do is recover anything that might be valuable. You know, thankfully, from what I understand, from what I've seen, some people, the people that have done this have not done that because I think they realize that if anything is missing or is unaccountable, for when the property owners show up or whoever buys the property shows up, you know, all they have to do is just look on camera if the cameras are working or look on YouTube and say, hey, there, that's what happened. Or there's no suspects. So, again, even though it's fantasy, fantasy even though it's, what's the, again, <laughs> I lost my train of thought here. Even though Even though it is fascinating to see these places exist, to see these actual places exist, you know, again, you're taking a risk. You are taking a risk. So, again, it really just it boggles my mind. It's just something that I, I just, I just cannot fathom of how they are able to do this. I mean, I'm hoping they get permission and consent. Those that like dark exploitation, exploitation films and bright sun films and bearded explorer. I hope they get consent because if not, again, like I said, you're taking a big risk. But then again, on the flip side, you can't blame them if the people that own the properties are not doing anything to take care of them. So, 
Anyway, though, I thought I'd just talk about that as the first topic. I know that dragged on for quite some time. I do apologize, but I just had a lot to say there. So anyway, let's get on to our next topic. And our next topic is if Nancy Pelosi has a problem with Donald Trump as president, then why didn't she run for the Democratic nomination? And I'm sure that's a question a lot of people have been pondering. It's like, wait a minute, if Nancy has a problem with Donald, why didn't she run for the Democratic nomination instead of Biden or Sanders? You know, why didn't she do it? I'll tell you why. And I think anybody knows this to be true. It's because of what she believes in, what she represents. And I think it's also the fact that they see how old she is and they realize this lady is old school. She she don't get it. So, and I think also because even if she wanted to, I think that I think people that may have discouraged her from doing it. Because you can't tell me Nancy wasn't thinking and considering going for the Democratic nomination this year or being the Democratic candidate for president. But I think those, I think even though if she did consider it, those around her probably discouraged her because they realized, hey, yeah, you could run, but you ain't going to make it. Heck, I hate to say it, she wouldn't have made it as far as maybe the first debate, the first Democratic debate. She wouldn't have made it. Heck, she wouldn't have made it even past the second second debate. I mean, if you compare the two, as, as much as I hate to say it, Kamala Harris. Harris would have survived longer than uh, Nancy would have trying to run for the Democratic candidacy. You know, that's why she didn't, you know, you know, run for the Democratic nomination. Due to the fact that I think people discouraged her from doing it because maybe she was considering it. But also the fact that they realized, uh, yeah, you do run, you're going to get slaughtered. Because, no, and that was my dog, she's just waking up. Like I said, it's just my dog. She's waking up a little bit. She's got allergies, like I said earlier. But anyway, you know, people probably said, yeah, Nancy, it's a great idea. You want to run and try to be the one that beats Trump, but you're going to get slaughtered because people don't like you. I mean, have you not seen her reaction to a lot of decisions Trump's Trump has made over the years. I mean, this past year, before this whole, you know, outbreak took place, there was a decision that Trump made in the House, in Congress. And when he made that decision final, one of the images that is out there is Nancy just taking, I guess, her copy of whatever, you know, they were given and just going like that. And again, it shows you she has a problem. Now, news has report. Now, several news outlets have reported that Nancy has come out and said, "Hey, look, if Trump wins, I'll accept it." And that's why some people don't like her because it's like now she's trying to kiss up. She's a kiss up at times. I'm because I think she honestly sees the writing on the wall. I mean, if she's willing to come out and say, "Yeah, if Trump wins, I'll, I'll accept it." Yeah, you know, people will look at that and like, who look at that and be like, yeah, you now you're saying that because you see the writing on the wall. Now you're realizing the mistake you've been making. 
But here's what's interesting. People may not have to worry about that because even her seat, Nancy's seat, is on the line this year because there is somebody, I can't think of a name right now, that's running against her for the House for the head of Re- House of Representatives. So, yeah, even her seat, even her seat's on the line. Her future is on the line, um, if you will, uh, during this election. Again, I'm not trying to say What I'm trying to say is what I'm trying to say is basically, you know, you know, Nancy, whether you like her or not, she's a person of her own opinion. And here's the thing. I think the reason again, the reason people probably discouraged her from trying to run for the Democratic nomination, as I said, they probably knew she was going to get slaughtered. And two the other reason being the fact that um, another reason being the fact that they know what her real motivation is, or some believe what her real motivation is. You know, and again, you know, look, I can't honestly come up with anything else, but the thing is, you know, you, everybody wonders basically what I'm trying, basically they wonder and they ask the same question I'm asking. You know, it's like, you know, if she has a problem with Trump, why didn't she run? And again, it's like I said, I think she was probably, in my opinion, she was probably considering it, but maybe those around her discouraged her and said, look, you run, you're going to get slaughtered. You won't even make it past the first debate or even into the first debate. You know, because you're going to get slaughtered because and I'm sure people probably pointed out to her, look, it's because everybody knows what you why you're really running, why you would be really running It's because you want a female president in the White House and you want to get rid of Donald Trump. And that's the only reason. Now, look, I have nothing against a female president being in the right in the White House. I don't. That could probably be the thing that this country needs. But the thing is. The thing is, when you look at how Nancy feels about Trump, that's one of the main objectives. I mean, when they were going to that whole impeachment trial and stuff this past year, one of the Republicans came out and said, look, need I remind you that even if Trump is impeached as president, is removed, it doesn't mean Hillary Clinton's coming in. I mean, he basically had to put Nancy Pelosi and those that sided with her and probably believed there could be a loophole to make that happen. He had to put her in, put them in their place because even he could see what's going on here. Even he could see what they were trying to do. And they failed. They failed. And I think that's why, you know, even if she was considering running for the presidency, it's like you're not going to survive. And now all of a sudden you have her coming out and saying, I'll, I'll accept the uh, results even if Trump wins. Because I think she's realizing they pretty much screwed up. The moment they allowed Kamala Harris to be Biden's nominee for vice president, it's like, yeah, you pretty much screwed the pooch with this one. Because now you have Biden coming out and saying, oh, if I have to, and he says this in front of the world at the Democratic 
convention. He says, oh, if I have to, to cure everybody, to cure this country from this virus, I'll shut it down. I'll shut the whole country down if I have to. And people wonder why Nancy is now suddenly accepting the fact that if Trump gets reelected, she'll be okay with it. Because he just said, because basically her nomination, her hope for presidency, just said the one thing you're not supposed to say. And not only that, but then even before then, he said he would make masks mandatory. And I think also, a lot of people have an opinion about this. They feel that the only reason he chose Kamala Harris is so that Kamala Harris can manipulate him. The Democrats can use Kamala Harris to manipulate Biden. Pelosi can manipulate, use Harris to manipulate Biden so that they can find him possibly incompetent. And that by impeaching him, Kamala Harris becomes president. And maybe they try to find a loophole where she hands it off to Pelosi. Who knows? But still, I think, you know, Nancy, the reason Nancy didn't go for the nomination, even though if she had a problem, people would be, even though people are asking if she has a problem with the guy, why didn't she run for it? It's because I think she knew she was going to get slaughtered. So she's trying to come up with different scenarios in people's minds to try to get Trump out. And one of them, of course, to some is bringing in Harris as the VP nominee. Because if they can find Biden incompetent in people's mindset, because in a lot of people's mindsets, if they can find Biden incompetent and impeach him, Harris would become president and thus Pelosi would get what she wants and that's a female president. So, and again, I have nothing against a female president and maybe what this country needs, but this is not the way to do it if that's how people, uh, if that's how things would go. Not saying they would. But, again, I think the reason, you know, if she has a problem with Donald as president, you know, the reason she didn't run for the Democratic nomination to try to get him out is because I think she knew she was going to get slaughtered. I really do. Anyway. Let's get on to our third topic here. And our third topic is... Will the NFL allow fans in for games or go virtual like the NBA, WWE, and others have? Okay, so here's what's interesting. The NFL is determined to go on with their season, even though there are some that feel you need to hold off for a bit. We do know that the Big 12 and the Pac-12 have canceled the football and fall seasons till further notice, at least till the spring. We know that the others, like the Big 12, the ACC, and the SEC, are willing to keep going. Now, there is a loophole, I think, that a lot of these college schools could go that would allow them to play sports, and that's the independent route. You go the independent route, you're still able to play. You're just going to be going up against different opponents, and any chance you have to get to a bowl game, especially a major one, could could be greatly um, affected. But as far as the NFL goes, though, 
Will they allow fans in for games or go virtual like the NBA, WWE, and others have? And I think they're going to allow fans in. I mean, you look at All Elite Wrestling, AEW, and they're pretty much saying, yeah, uh, we're going to let fans in, but we're going to do it appropriately. We're going to spread them out. We're going to make sure nobody is affected, da-da-da, and we're going to go from there. Um. And, and that's cool. And it's cool that AEW is doing that. And there's no doubt that the NFL is going to do the same thing. I think the NFL has come out and said, look, we're going to follow the protocols needed to make this happen, to allow fans in. And remember, they got massive stadiums. Some are open-air stadiums to where they can retract the roof or open the windows or whatever to make sure air goes out, to whatever noises and stuff, they go out into the air. So, yeah, I think they're going to probably go through the protocol of saying, hey, we're going to go less capacity, but we're going to allow fans in because, you know, they need an escape. They need something. The only reason you're going the virtual route with NBA and WWE and and, and all these other indoor sports is due to the fact that there's no way for stuff to go into the air and be evaporated or whatever or be less of a threat. So I think the NFL is going to be the only league or sport this year that's going to have actual fans in attendance, but they're going to do it in a sporadical, safe way. Now, I know some people might say, well, it's not going to work because people are still going to be moving about, going like, see, see, we're all together, we're not affected. Whee! I don't think that's going to happen because I think what's going to happen is they'll probably have security in each area to make sure people stay where they are so nothing gets spread. Um, Now, could they go virtual? Absolutely. And I think, honestly, they may go a hybrid route. They may go virtual for some area. And what I mean by hybrid is they may, is they're going to allow live fans, but they'll probably also go virtual so that fans that should be there can watch uh, as well. So, I think honestly, though, the NFL is going to allow fans in. I think they're going to allow fans in. They're going to spread them out, make sure nothing gets affected, and go from there. Now, that might change due to the fact that Trump has approved the um, usage of this uh, plasma deal, whatever it's called, to help fight the virus. So things may change. But right now, I think the NFL will allow fans in, and I think they're going to be spread out. They're going to be sporadically spread out. Now you might say, well, why don't they do that for baseball? They could. I think, they, I think what's going to happen is they're going to wait to see what the NFL does. And if the NFL does it right, they're going to, especially when we get to the playoffs, they're going to say, okay, we're going to put fans back in, actual fans back in here and go from there. So, so, yeah, I think the fans are going to be allowed back in, and I also believe they may go hybrid. They may go a hybrid route where it's like half fan, you're going to have a majority of fans spread out in the stadium, and in the areas where usually you would have more fans, you'll probably have the virtual fans. That, that's just my thought. But, yeah, I think they will allow fans back in, to the game, uh, in for the games, and I think they may also go virtual, kind of go half and half, um, 
throughout the season until things clear up. That's what I think they're going to do, in my opinion. But let me know what you guys think. What do you think the NFL may do? What are your thoughts on the NFL probably doing that? Well, how do you think they're going to handle it, basically? All right, so number four. This is really interesting. How long will the distant learning for kids, teens, and college students last? Like I said briefly in the fourth topic, uh, Trump made the announcement that we're going to have this new, um, whatever it's called, used to help fans out. I I think that's what they said. Let me let me check. Let me double check. It says Trump announces emergency authorization of breakthrough corona I mean breakthrough virus treatment. Almost said it. I mean I know it's not a bad word or anything, so I don't think it's gonna hurt. Okay, according to Fox News, Trump announces FDA authorization of covalent plasma treatment for patients, virus patients. It says emergency use authorization for treatment known as convalent Convenience plasma so it's supposed to help uh, treat those currently battling uh, the infection supposed to help those uh, currently battling the infection to get better by using the blood uh, from others that have been treated to help them out or something like that I, I don't know but Anyway, what does this have to do with number four, the number four topic of how long will the distant learning for kids, teen, and college students last? I think with an announcement like this, another future announcement similar to it in the future, I don't think it's going to last the whole first semester of the school year. Um, I have this thought in my mind that, and this belief in my mind, that kids are going to be back at school before the end of the first semester physically, not just in certain states, in certain cities and counties of certain states. I think students are going to be back physically in school all over uh, before the Thanksgiving holiday or afterwards. It's going to, I'll put it this way, timetable wise, in my opinion, it's going to be between Halloween and Thanksgiving. Kids will be back in school at least, or to kind of give you a better idea, between Halloween and after Thanksgiving. That's when I think kids will be back at school physically in person. I mean, right now you got a lot of states, including our own here in California, that are doing what they can to get kids physically back in school, back in person. There's people that are doing rallies in Patterson and Newman and Gustine and whatever to try to get the students back in physical, back physically in class, because a lot of folks don't believe that the usage of a laptop is the best way to go. 
especially after what happened with the San Jose teacher. And in case you guys don't know what I mean by that, uh, recently a news report came out that a San Jose teacher doing the virtual learning, I think it was a teacher for special ed or something, came on the screen and was shirtless. He had no shirt whatsoever. We don't know what else he was probably not wearing, but he was like shirtless. And he looked like he was out of it, in my opinion. Maybe he had one too many or something. But then, of course, what followed up, you know, his background and everything, you know, what he does on social media, Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, it, it didn't really help the guy because now I think he's been suspended, maybe let go. But that's prob- that. But that there, that right there is part of the reason I think a lot of people are now saying, hey, we need to get these kids physically back in class because if something like this happened once, it could happen again. We don't need to chance that. So, so yeah, it's one of those situations to where a lot of districts around the around the country are doing what they can to get students back in class physically so that something like this doesn't happen again. I'm not saying it no I'm not saying it's just happened it's only going to happen this one time. It's probably happened several times across the country. We just don't know about it. But this is one particular reason and it's ironic that Patterson you got people on the Patterson neighborhood watch on Facebook which is a Facebook group page. You have people, you have somebody saying, hey, who's with me to try to get this rally to get kids back in school physically, in person, who's behind me? And I, and it's ironic that that suddenly came up after this situation. So I think the parent that wants this to happen is realizing, hey, in their opinion, hey, we don't need this to happen again. We don't need another situation like what happened with that San Jose teacher to happen and that's basically, and to them, that's what the disadvantage of or the disadvantage is when it comes to doing something like this. That's the disadvantage. The fact that the teacher, the teacher is, had this mindset of, oh, I could be, I could dress or not dress the way I want. Da, 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 da. No, you can't do that. You can't. You got to treat this distant learning situation as if the kids are physically in front of you. As if you're in actual class. You can't just be like, oh, I'm going to lay back. You're like, hey, how you doing? No, you can't do that. I'm not saying he did, but you can't do that. And you can't do it with the shirt off and everything like that. You need to treat it as if you're being professional. I mean, I was watching, what was it, yesterday or yesterday... Yesterland television, and they were talking about mouse size. And there was a lot of teachers, preschool teachers, kindergarten teachers, they were using the mouse size album to do virtual learning for the students from at home because of what's going on. And they treated it as if they were actually teaching them. They were treating it as if they were actual teaching them. And they probably came up with themes like, Oh, we're going to do exercise day, so let's exercise. Put on exercise stuff. Or it's pajama day. Let's put on our pajamas. They treated it basically like a regular school classroom, even though it's virtual. They treated it as if it was a regular classroom, even though it was virtual. So 
So for somebody to come out, especially a teacher in special ed, to do this, it's no wonder why somebody almost immediately, day or two, a couple of days later, said, hey, look, we probably after look, finding out about that, probably said, hey, look, we need to fix this. We need to make sure kids are physically back in class because of, because even though this distance learning, learning might be a good thing, may keep them, you know, still going to school. Even though this distance learning is a semi-good thing, it's not as good as you think it is. Because even though there are advantages, there are disadvantages. And one of those disadvantages is what happened. But again, getting back to what I was saying, how long will I think it will last? And again, as I said, my timetable, in my opinion, is between Halloween and after or around Thanksgiving. I think after or around Thanksgiving is when you're going to have every kid, teen, and even college student, several colleges, believe it or not, allowing kids back in class physically. Now, you might say, well, why are you timetabling it around that? Because there's a lot of people that believe this whole virus thing, even though it's a threat and it has to be taken seriously, is being overhyped. Like the number of cases going up, up, the number of deaths going up is being over-exaggerated. And that it's all going to come down or it's all going to come to an end or at least settle down after the elections. And then after whoever wins the presidency, which a lot of people are assuming it's going to be Trump, but some are hoping for Biden. You know, they feel after it's all said and done, that's when it's going to come to an end. I mean, I've even said it, I've even basically said it myself, you know, I feel when, if Trump wins, if he does, that the first thing he's going to say during his election speech is America is now officially reopened. Nothing is closed. And if anybody tries to close it, I will use absolute authority to override them. I think that's what's going to, I think that's what Trump may do. I believe he may do. Now, if Biden wins, you know, again, you know, who knows what's going to happen? He may say the same thing. He may say America's reopened. And he may be, he say, oh, yeah, America's reopened because we are cured of the virus, which, oh, by the way, was actually called the Trump virus, as some people would speculate. But, but that's why I, but that's why I put that timetable there because a lot of feel, a lot of folks feel that that's when things will get better, is after the election, because basically they feel that whoever is the president is going to be the reason that the virus goes away, and that distant learning will slowly go away as well, and we'll go back into the physical attendance for of class attendance of students in class, and again, and again it goes back to to the fact that the distance learning, the distant learning situation, it's not a bad deal. I'm cool with it. If it's going to help kids still continue to learn, but still it's like, even though there are advantages, there are disadvantages. And one of those disadvantages is sometimes students, if mostly teachers will not take, you know, will not take it too seriously. I mean, they'll take it seriously, but they won't take it seriously as be dressing as dressing themselves up as if they are actually in physical as if they are physically in class teaching. And I think that's why a lot of, you know, a, a lot of folks across the country, they want kids to get back in school physically because I'm sure they've 
heard about similar scenarios in their state, if not from here, and are like, okay, we can't chance that. So, so again, I believe the timetable, in my opinion, is between Halloween and around or after Thanksgiving is when I think um, the distance learning will slowly come to an end and students will start physically going back into class. That's when I think it's going to happen. It's my opinion, but I think that's when it's going to happen. But anyway, on to our fifth topic. And our fifth topic is on something that I am a fan of. As a matter of fact, recently... Recently... I ended up getting this um, from Amazon. This is Evergreen Nights. This is by Lisa Lohind. This is number 427 out of 500. You could probably see that. I don't know if you can. There it is. Number 427 out of 500. It's called Return to Analog. It's limited edition. And as you can see, it's based around the raccoons. And speaking of the raccoons, this series, this franchise began in 1980 with the Christmas raccoons officially. And it just spawned, it just, and it just spawned from there. It just domino affected from there because the next thing you had was raccoons on ice. You had the raccoons in the Lost Star. You had the director video special raccoons let's dance and then of course you had the series which ran on cbc in canada and on the disney channel in the u.s and i remember watching the series on the disney channel in the you know in the u.s well yeah of course here in the u.s i should say but i remember watching it on the disney channel and enjoying it now the show the show itself ran for about five to six years The show itself, like I said, ran for about five to six years, five seasons, actually. And in the fifth, in the, uh, I think it was the fourth season, they introduced us. It was called Spring Fever. The episode was called Spring Fever. And we already knew about um, Ralph, uh, uh, Ralph and Melissa, who was, a, was the raccoon couple here, the husband and wife couple here. We already had been introduced to the nephew, Bentley. And it was in the episode Spring Fever where we got introduced to his sister, Lisa, who, because of that episode, became the love interest, and not, if not the BFF, uh, later on, of Burt Raccoon, who was our main uh, protagonist in the series. And it was left up to interpretation at the end of the series, in the fifth season, that those two may have become a couple, may have gotten together, because in season five, Lisa and her Bentley and Lisa and their family moved to the Evergreen Forest uh, due to I think a job job uh, transition or job hiring her father got. Anyway, anyway, long story short, um, 
like I said, the, the show ended with the final episode, Go for the Gold. And it kind of ended on the possibility that Bert and Lisa became an item because when you watch the episode, they kind of go through the whole tropes of, you know, disagreement, breakup, breakdown kind of deal, even though they weren't officially boyfriend and girlfriend, but they were kind of teasing it at times throughout the show that, you know, something like this could potentially happen. And the episode kind of lend itself to that a little bit. And it wouldn't be until like, like I said, the final moments where you're kind of like, okay, something, something did happen. We, but we didn't see it. We didn't see the end result. Now, uh, there was a, a movie originally planned for a come. Now, uh, Kevin Gills, I think this was his name, Kevin Gills, um, originally had plans to do a comeback, a, uh, uh, yeah, he originally planned to do a comeback for the raccoons. And the comeback was going to be a feature film, an animated feature film that I think was going to be shown theatrically across the world. And it was called As Long As Forever. Now, I don't know much about As Long As Forever. I know there was some kind of synopsis out there for what it was going to be. I do know that they were going to focus, they were going to feature all the characters. I do know that I think, of course, Bert, Ralph, Melissa, Cyril Sneer, Cedric Sneer, uh, they were all going to be involved. I think Bentley and Lisa were going to be involved. I think Sophia, I think that's what her name was, uh, Cedric's girlfriend was going to be involved. So they were going to have everybody come back for this. Uh, Unfortunately, it didn't get enough, I guess, funding to get off the ground or something happened. So that was kind of shelved indefinitely. And now, apparently, there is a reboot, a reboot, ladies and gentlemen, in the works. There's a reboot uh, in the works. I'm going to look it up, I think. There's a reboot in the works. So, and it was back around 2018. I don't know if it's still going. Okay, so hold on. I hate when they do pop-ups here. Now, this is according to raccoons.fandom.com. It says here, on July 4th, 2017, it was revealed that series creator Kevin Gills was working on a reboot of the series. A pitch pilot with slightly redesigned characters was found on YouTube as an unfinished video on March 11th, 2018. However, the video was soon taken down by Big Jump Entertainment due to copyright claim. On June 17th of that same year, Big Jump officially revealed the designs for Bert, Ralph, Melissa, Cyril, and Cedric on their website. The reboot is scheduled to premiere in April of this year, or was scheduled, but due to the uh, pandemic, beginning with a holiday special entitled When Raccoons Fly. 
And um, I don't know. If was, I think they said holiday special. So I think that's probably still coming uh, later this year, according to some people that I've read online. Now, they do have uh, pictures of the characters, and they do have a video with the new animation. I'll look into that in a moment. And, uh, yeah, some people are not too thrilled with it. Uh, and there are two people I watched online. Well, one person actually I watched online uh, that wasn't too thrilled with it, especially Bert's redesign. But I think they're trying to make it more modern. And I know some people that probably saw this are like, oh, they're going the cow art style. And may maybe they are, are, but it also looks like they're going the cow arts almost written and stimpy-like style. Not saying that's true. But just by some of the designs, it's like, okay, this looks interesting. And it's supposed to be called The Raccoons, The New Adventures. Now, this one looks a little bit more different, more feature film-like. So... So, yeah, I, I guess it's still coming. And uh, from the information, I guess, going on. And we're going to look at Wikipedia here. They also have the um, information reboot. It's supposed to, it's premiere. This reboot is scheduled to premiere in 2020, which is this year, with a holiday special entitled When Raccoons Fly. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see exactly it's going to be really interesting to see exactly um, how people take to this new series but like I said the design looks like it's a hybrid of the Cal Arts Rin and Stimpy like design that we've been seeing over the years and I and, know and, uh, and I know what I'm trying to get at is I know some people are not particularly fond of it, really. It's like, really, you're going to take the raccoons down this route? And it's going to be interesting to see how they do it. To see how they incorporate uh, the characters. I mean, there have been several redesigns. As a matter of fact, let's see who this one is. This is... Uh, Okay, this is uh, Beaton. That's B E T. That's B E T O N. Beaton. Uh, yeah, Beaton. Beaton is what it is. B E T O N. And he has a series called Trash Can Tibbets where he talked about it, and he even mentioned about about the reboot happening. And this was back in April two thousand nineteen. So. So, yeah, he talked about it. I think somebody else talked about it. If I can find them here, I think somebody else talked about it. Let me see. Um, maybe if I go to YouTube here, it'll, it'll let me see. But yeah, they, they have a reboot coming. And apparently, 
they're going to have all the characters from what the fandom site said. It looks like they will not just have the initial characters that we know of, but they'll also have the... Um, We also have the uh, newer characters that we got later on. Let's see, uh, Chibi Nico, Chibi Nico, that's E, that's N E K O. Chibi Nico even talked about it, and she said she wasn't too thrilled with it. Uh, looks like uh, Keaton the Zuma Koopa isn't too thrilled with it. Because one of his videos is cringe. So. So, yeah, you know, some people it, it basically it's basically getting a mixed reaction. It's kind of I wouldn't say it's on the level of, of let's say, Shira. And the princesses of power, and how some people were like back and forth about that one, comparing it to the original. But right now, it seems it could be heading that way. But I think the one thing that could save it is the stories. Is if you stay true to the is, well, yeah, it's the stories and the characters. If you stay true to the characters and who they are, you don't try to tweak them. You don't try to change a bit of the personality or anything like that. Well, maybe give them a little bit of a tweak, but not much that makes them totally different from what they were. But basically, stays true to who they are, and as well as the stories that the episode that they're involved in are very similar to the originals. Then I think the designs will be the last of people's problems, as long as they can pretty much uh, watch a good show with good characters. I think they'll be able to tolerate. Um, these redesigns as the show goes on. Um, so it's going to be, so yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how they do this. Um, it also be interesting to see exactly how, you know, where they go that the original show didn't like, you know, with Bert and Lisa, it's going to make you wonder how they're going to create that dynamic. Are they going to pretty much acknowledge that Bert has this thing for Lisa and are they going to go the same route they did before? Where, you know, it's like he tries to let Lisa know how he feels, kind of makes fun of him a little bit, teases him, but then kind of feels sorry about it and been like, you know what, you know, I got to write him, let him know we're still going to be friends, you're a good person kind of deal. And then maybe, you know, as you know, she shows up more in the show, perhaps, you know, we get a better idea of maybe something's going to happen between them. We don't know. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if they go and explore that, maybe put more emphasis on it. Um, it's, it's going to, it's going to be fun to, I will say this. I will, if I get a chance to watch it, uh, the, uh, first episode, which is when raccoons fly, um, you know, I'll say this, when I get a chance to, to watch it when it premieres, not only will I talk about it, review it, but. I'll kind of, you know, I'm, I'm basically, I'm willing to give it a chance. You know, again, I know a lot of people don't like the redesigns of characters. They don't care for them. You know, especially when they go down that Cal Arts slash Ren and Stippy like style. But I think, 
you know, if you are able to overlook that with good storytelling and good character development and, you know, representation, I think the redesigns would be the last of your problem. But yeah, it's, but yeah, the raccoons are getting a reboot in uh, the you know at the end of this year. I'm assuming if things go well, right? If things if there's no more interferences or anything, they will premiere when raccoons fly, which is supposed to be a holiday special, mainly around Christmas, just like they did. Uh, which I think is good because it does pay homage to when to when and how they originally premiered back uh, 40 years prior. They premiered with a holiday special called The Christmas Raccoons. And now they're going to be premiering the reboot with a holiday special called When Raccoons Fly. So I'm going to, I think it's going to be really cool. And uh, again, you know, you may not like the redesign, but as long as the stories and the characters are presented well, I think that's the last of your worries. I mean, you take a look at... Um, the Ninja Turtles when Nickelodeon bought them from the CGI series to the Rise series. And even though some people were particularly not too fond of either designs, what made them overlook that was the good, was the episodes and the character development and presentation. So that might be the same thing we get here with the raccoons. Now the question is how are they going to premiere this special? And I'm assuming it's going to be on streaming. It's either going to be Netflix Amazon or Hulu or maybe even HBO Max or Disney Plus. I think if you still want to go old school, you still want to pay homage, go with Disney Plus. You got to go with them because that's how the raccoons were discovered originally on, you know, were discovered originally uh, here in the U.S., not just through syndication, but Disney Channel. So, I think they need to. I think they need to do it uh, once again. They need to go with Disney Plus because the more content you give to something like Disney Plus will be great, will be tremendous. I mean, I'm not saying you can't go with HBO Max because and Netflix and Hulu, maybe even Amazon, because that might give you a little bit more leeway, or any one of those may give you a little bit more leeway. But I think if you really want to pay homage to its history, especially here in the U.S., go with Disney Plus. Now, that's my opinion. They want to go with Netflix, give them a little bit more leeway. HBO Max, same thing. That's their choice. But I think, honestly, they need to at least consider Disney Plus as uh, as a home for, for the new show. But, yeah, they're getting a reboot, and I can't wait to see how it turns out well, when it premieres. All right, so our sixth and final topic we're going to get to. And obviously, I know I'm not the only one that has noticed this. And that is video sites going overboard with ads doing videos. Yeah, in case you guys haven't noticed, um, whether it's here on YouTube, Daily Motion, BitChute, uh, Tubin, um, Amazon, Hulu, you know, Vimo. Depending on whatever video sites you you watch the most or you utilize the most, it seems a lot of them, like I said, from here on YouTube all the way to Vimo and in between, a lot of them seem to be going overboard with the ads. Now, I can understand. Let me say this out of, out of respect, out of respect. 
I can understand they need to do this because of the pandemic we're in and they need to financially make some money. I get that. I get that. And the same goes with the content creators that montage their channels throughout all these different platforms. I get that. I understand that. I'm totally cool with it. But honestly, all you need is like one or two ads at the beginning and at the end. That's all you need. You want to put an ad at the beginning before video? Fine. Put one ad. Put one ad on there. And if you want to remove the skip the skip ad option, fine. So that the ad has to play without people skipping it, fine. Do it at this and do the same thing at the end. Don't do it once or twice or three or four or five times throughout the video. Because it gets annoying. Someone could be watching a video like I'm watching the Angry Video Game Nerd. And I'm getting ready to see one of the climactic moments he's going to get to. One of his angry rant portions of his video. And all of a sudden, as soon as he gets to the angry rant portion, all of a sudden, beep, he comes in ad for, hey, look at the new 20, 2021 Chevy Chevy Camaro or whatever it's called. Oh, 20, 20% RPA, da, 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 for 15 seconds, 15, 30 seconds. Yeah, it gives you, now I'll admit, those kind of ads that are 30 seconds plus give you the option of skipping. But seriously, you're watching someone like AVGN, you're getting ready to see that epic rant happen and all of a sudden that pops up? No, no. What you need to do is organize it to where is an ad at the beginning and an ad at the end. And you know who does it best sometimes? Even though they still put a freaking ad in the middle because they want to feel like a natural old school television? Tubin and Hulu. Tubin mostly does this and Hulu at times. But still, they do it in a way to where if they know people want to watch the whole episode of movie without interruption, they will put the ad before the movie or the presentation, but they won't just put one ad. They'll put two or three, and they won't allow you to skip it until you go through and watch those ads. That's how they do it, and then they put the ads at the end. Yes, yeah, sometimes they'll put them in the middle because they got to give you that old old school over-the-air television feel, a feel when you're watching, you know, like let's say an episode of a show. And does that get annoying? Yes. But still, at least they do it at the beginning and the end at most times. And they only do it like once or twice or three times. Three times at most. Other video sites like Vimo and, and I say this with all due respect, all due respect to YouTube, all due respect with, to YouTube because they're a great platform. You know what I did there. You know what I did there. Uh, but all due respect to Vimo, YouTube, Daily Motion, BitChute, and all that. At least, at least they don't constantly put ads almost back to back with each other. It's like you give somebody about a minute and a half, two minutes worth of video, and all of a sudden here comes another ad, and then another. And it's like, okay, we get it. You need to make money. You need to make money during this pandemic. We get it. But don't go overboard with it. Now, look. Like I said, I understand why they're doing this, and I respect that. Financially, you need to make some some money to you know, continue your business. I understand that those that montage their channels, they need to make money to pay off bills or 
you know, to have a roof over their heads. I get that. I understand that. I'm all for that thumbs up. But still, you need to cut back on it. If you want to put constant ads or you want to put ads on a video, put them at the beginning and at the end. And if you have to put one in the middle, fine. Go ahead. I have nothing against that. But if you want people to watch those ads uninterrupted, then take away the skip option. You know why? Because they will have no choice but to let that ad or ads play through so that way you get that revenue. And and that's it. But I think honestly, and again, I say it with all due respect, all due respect because all great platforms. I understand why you have to do it, but still it feels like you're going overboard. It's like you can't even watch a video, no matter what's on Vimo, Daily Motion, BitChute, you know, YouTube, Hulu, Tubin, Amazon, even Netflix. It's like you can't even watch it without another ad just constantly popping up. I mean, Tubin at times will have something pop up in the middle of a scene. All of a sudden, the commercial will pop up. It's like, okay, they're getting better at it, just like everybody else is getting better at it. But it's like, all of a sudden, it'll just pop up out of nowhere. It's like, I I could be watching Transformers Generation 1. I could be watching, you know, The Return of Optimus Prime um, Part 1. And we're in the middle of the Autobots getting infected by, by the hate plague. I can be watching that, and I can understand if they decide to cut to a commercial, when a commercial is going to be originally cut into during the original broadcast. But all of a sudden, they will cut to a commercial right in the middle of the scene. It's like, okay, I get it. You need to make your money. I get that. But you need to be you need to work better at improving this. And thankfully, Tubin, Hulu, Amazon, YouTube, Vimo, BitChute, or BitChute, Daily Motion, all these platforms, Meta Cafe, whatever you want to call them, all these platforms are at least getting there. They're getting better at that. Because they realize a lot of people don't like it. They realize a lot of people don't like it. And that they all agree people are going overboard with them. Like I said, I understand. I understand out of respect, out of all due respect, I understand that they have to do this so that YouTube, Vimo, Dailymotion, BitChute, Netflix, Tubin, Hulu, Amazon, all of them can make money. They can make money financially because they need it during these pandemic times. And I, I understand the same for those that montage their channel on places like Vimo and YouTube and Daily Motion and BitChute. I understand that. But don't go overboard with them. Don't. I mean, look, I'm not saying that if I decided to montage my channel tomorrow that I wouldn't go overboard. I wouldn't allow YouTube to go overboard with the ads on my channel. I wouldn't. But still, but still, I believe what they need to do is tone it down. Tone it down. And make it more simplified. If you want ads to be shown at the beginning and the end of a video, fine. You want it in the middle of a video, fine. And you don't want people to and you want people to watch that entire commercial or ad 
so that you or whoever, so that you get the revenue out of it and whoever is montaging that video gets revenue out of it, then take away the skip option. Take it away so that way they have no choice but to watch it. But still, don't go overboard with these ads. And again, I say this with all due respect to all these great platforms because they're great. I've been on YouTube for 12 years and I love it. Despite all the changes it has gone through, I love it. They're a great, great platform, probably the greatest out there. And I know I say that and sound like a kiss butt, but still, you know, you don't want to take chances. You know what I'm saying? And the same with Vimo and Daily Motion and Bitu. They're all great platforms. But still, the point is, the point is, you know, don't go overboard with the ads. I mean, I have my podcast, uh, BW Rose's Discussions, all across the, pod- the podcast atmosphere, a majority of it. And I only use two sponsor announcements. And that's it. And that's how I make money. I don't go, here's... Here's not one, here's not two, but here's three, here's four, here's five. I don't do that. I only use two because I know people don't like it. They just want to sit back and listen to the damn podcast. That's all they want to do. They don't want to constantly be interrupted. But again, I understand why it has to be done. I understand with all due respect why it's done. But please, in the future, when this, when things get better, when this pandemic comes to an end, or starts to slow down, kind of calm down, please, I ask this to all platforms. Vimo, BitChute, YouTube, Dailymotion, Amazon, Tubin, you know, Netflix, Pluto, whatever. When this is all said and done, please, tone it down with the ads. That's all I ask. And I say this with all due respect, act, act for all of you that are doing this because financially you have to. But please, tone it down. And I know I'm not the only one. I know I'm not the only one that feels that way. But please, tone it down. Because you know why? Sooner or later, people are going to get so annoyed with it that they're going to want to basically not want not to not want to have anything to do with you anymore. People will get so annoyed that they'll want to try to go out and create their own version of a bit shoot or a daily motion or YouTube or Vimo or whatever that has no ads, has no commercials. So honestly, folks, I think it's just it's just my opinion. I know I'm not alone in it. And I understand out of all due respect act for all these platforms giving us a giving us a platform these video sites i should say giving us a platform to provide content in and and i really appreciate it i do just please tone it down in the future okay i get why you have to do it now but please tone it down because people all they want to do is sit back and enjoy whatever entertainment they can get so please in the future when this pandemic comes to an end Tone it down. If you have to do ads, do them at the beginning, the end, and in the middle without a skip option so that people do have to watch them. But, again, I say that with all due respect because they've given us great platforms to provide content on. So, anyway, though, that's pretty much going to do it, folks, for this 
edition of Topics on My Mind for Sunday, August 23rd, 2020. There will be more live streams to come now in the future, depending on how things work out. Because like I said, we are getting back into a semi-normal basis around here. But again, if anything comes up, I will let you guys know through a quick channel update that I might do during lunch or after work or before work. I'll let you know what's occurring so you, you so that you guys can be ready for it um, in the future. But that's all I'm going to say, guys. Thank you all for watching. Thank you all for joining me live in the live chat. To Thank you to Wild Hobbs, ZTails327, and Joyce. Thank you all for joining me. Really appreciate it. And thank you all for joining me uh, post-live. Let me know what you all think in the comment section below. And this will be uh, in the next 12 or so hours because it takes a while, I, I guess, to process. And there's a reason for it. There's a, a good reason for it. It takes a while to process. But it will be available through the various podcasts of B.W. Rose's discussions across the podcast platform uh, within the next 12 hours or day, within the next day or within the next 12 hours. So, again, thank you all for listening. Comment down below. Really appreciate your input. And I will talk to you all later. God bless. Take care.